Uh, for those of you that have not been here so far this weekend, I just want to introduce you to our guests that we have with us from Aris Gro Global. <laughs> it's Will Hart, who's our guest speaker. Thank you so much for being here, Will. And he brought some of his team with him this morning. We have, we have Andrew, and I forgot your name again. Can you believe that? Dylan. It's not that I don't remember your name, Dylan. It's just the weirdest thing. And Aaron, and thank you guys so much. And I like him more than all of the rest of you. That's that, I don't, you know, but I forget his name. So, <laughs> well, it's an absolute honor to have you here. And um, I just want to invite you up, Will. <laughs> thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Come on, man. Hold on, no, that was way too awkward. Yeah, hey, guys, good morning. You guys all awake? Yeah? Uh, I, asked, I asked that the worship team would just step here for a quick second. Uh, we didn't do this the first service, but uh, I, I want to do something. I want to bring up some of my friends that came with me. One of the things that I love about running around the globe with a team is that it's not just about me, but I really felt like before we get going, I just wanted um, Dylan and Andrew and Aaron, of course, if you have something quick, bud, you're more than welcome to come up here. But if I can invite Dylan and Andrew up here with me. Um, Aaron, if you have something, you're more than welcome to come. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, well, I don't know why you would know us, but uh, Andrew, Andrew um, runs a base in Brazil, but he's actually planted bases all over the world uh, in some of the craziest places, craziest nations. Uh, I've, I've had the privilege of running with him. I've learned so much from this man. And... Uh, I didn't want to leave this church just hearing the sound of my own voice and you guys just hearing me. So I wanted to just give you a second, Andrew, if you had anything for this congregation, for this region. He's from the UK, and, uh, but we love him anyway. And yeah. Good morning, guys. Great to be here. It's been amazing, amazing. You've got a beautiful family, beautiful pastors. And um, yeah, I just believe it's just the start of what God is doing in this place. He's got bigger plans than you can think or imagine. I wasn't, I, obviously, I live in Brazil. I, was a, I went to Nashville to pass, spend a week with Will, which is hard work, but. It's amazing. I just really felt in my heart I needed to come here with, with him. And I just, when I sat, just the verse I felt for you guys in this next season, I think it's a word. This is weird. It's like a word for your movement. And like you say, I haven't got, we haven't got a movement. We've got a church. But a movement's going to be birthed in this place. And it was uh, Nehemiah 1.4. It said... When he heard, what did he hear? That the walls were broken down. When he heard the news, what happened? He sat down, he wept, 
he mourned, he prayed, and he fasted. One thing I see in this church in the spirit is you guys have got a heart of compassion. And the walls were broken down for 70 years in Israel or Jerusalem. And people had walked past, seen it, but no one, it didn't connect with their heart. No tears were released about the situation. And God's going to use you guys as people that's going to rebuild walls. It's amazing what happened. What was broken down for 70 years, Nehemiah did it in 52 days. And there's something here, there's an acceleration, like what you guys have done in eight, eight years. This isn't, isn't it, it's out there, you've done so much. But it comes from that place of a heart of compassion. And that's what we want to release into this place. It's, Jesus always says that he saw the need, he felt compassion and he acted. He saw the hungry, felt compassion and fed them. He saw the leper, felt compassion and healed them. Even the, the religious leaders in the story of the Good Samaritan, they're walking along, they saw the man. They didn't feel compassion, so they crossed the road and went on with their activities. But the, the Good Samaritan, he saw the man, had compassion and went. And there's something about a heart of compassion in this place. You could, like, when you love God with all your heart, God loved the world so much that he gave. When you love, you give. This is love, not that he loved you, but he, we, not that we loved him, but he loved us and gave his life. When you, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And these, there's something so sweet and pure about your hearts. And keep that. Keep that. And one thing you were saying, Pastor, yesterday at the dinner table, the breakfast table, you said, when my daughter was born, I had so much love for her. And I didn't want another child because I, I didn't know how I could love even more. And then when little Joshua came, God expanded his ability to love. And yes, they did and said, like, you're going to have multiple sides. And I sort of felt a little bit in your, like, yeah, but like, no, I've almost died just having one. No. But God is going to expand your hearts to love. And that's what he wants to do, not only in you guys, but in you guys. Because when you have this heart of love, you don't just cross over and keep going. It's very quickly, I'm not going to take it. Just, if you want that heart, just stand up. I'm just going to pray that God would just increase this heart. There's difficulties at times. The Salvation Leader, Salvation Army Leader, William Booth, some of his people were having a real hard time, real hard time, couldn't get breakthrough. They wrote a letter to him. What can we do? We've tried everything. We're going to give up. And he just wrote back and said, try tears. And I just believe he wants to break your hearts again. Not only for this neighborhood, but he wants to break your hearts. This is why we're here for the nations. The more love you have compels you to cross over oceans, pass through the boundaries. And it comes from a heart like his, a heart of compassion. So Father God, I just pray you release and expand hearts. <laughs> I'm just going to pray for the pastors, but it'll be over you guys as well. Just release hearts of compassion, of love. 
break hearts, release tears, release tears, release tears. The tears of our eyes. Let this church be a crying, praying, and a tearful church at a hard ground where the tears fall. The fruit will come through. I can see the tears will break the hard ground. Release a heart of compassion, Jesus. Well, I thank you, Lord, that that's exactly what you placed on my heart in this place. I actually told my girlfriend a few weeks ago, I said, if you ever see me stop weeping, you know I'm in a bad place. And this morning as we sang that song that there's only room for one king, there's only room for one king. And when you look into his eyes, when you you encounter him, it's what Will preached this morning. It's not head knowledge, it's heart. Lord, I'm asking, would you release the heart? Break our hearts, God, for what break yours. Break our hearts, God, for this land. Break our hearts, God. The Bible says when Jesus is moved with compassion, all were healed. Lord, I'm asking, would you make compassion into action in this place? That it's not duty, it's not job, it's not obligation. But God, would we cry over the poor, the broken, the sick, and the needy? Would we weep over the rich that don't know you? Because you died for them all. And I just felt like this... this is an interesting word, but I felt like there's a, that movement word that Andrew was saying. It's like the book of Acts. It starts in these grass movements. It starts in these, we don't know what to do. All we know what to do is to give away what we have. And I thank you, Lord, that these people in this house would be a people that have freely received and so they freely give. And Lord, as they weep, as they move with compassion, God, they would give away what they have because they know it doesn't belong to them anyways. And just like Ezekiel would, in the year King Uzziah died, would we see the Lord high and lifted up and his robe fill the temple? And would we learn how woe is me? But then he comes, he touches our lips with the coals and he asks, who will go? And I thank you, Lord, that this house is a missional house of ones that will go, Lord but not with just obligation in our heads, but a fire in our heart to see King Jesus made famous in Florida, in the nation, and in the earth. In Jesus' name. guys can sit if you want. (laughs) We'll just ask if I had anything else. And it's just a simple word. It's something God uh, spoke to me about on the plane. I was listening to the Bible on the plane and I was actually dozing in and out of sleep. So it's a, it's a personal thing that God's doing with me, but I felt like it's important for this house as well. Um, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is talking. We know the, we know the, the story. He talks about the seeds going out right? And there's different places that the seeds land on hard ground, on soft ground. You know, we, we want to be those soft ground, but I don't know about you, but I always tend to read that. And I'm like, I'm the soft ground. <laughs> like I just presume 
that I'm, I'm the soft ground. But there's, there's, a, there's a moment where he says that when the seed falls on, on this hard ground and there's thistles that come up, it's the worries of the world. And I found myself on the plane just weeping. And I don't know about you, but for in my life, and I can confidently say in all of our lives, there's places where we don't know what the future looks like in the decisions we're going to make. But the word comes to us. Will talked last night about Peter walking on water. Here's what I believe Peter was walking on. Not just water. He was walking on the word. That the word actually gave him the supernatural ability to walk. And I don't know how that works. But sometimes all we have is the word. And the enemy wants to use the worries of the, of, of the word itself. Because we don't know how it's going to work out. But the worries come and they try to rip the word and then it crushes it and it kills it. And I just felt like I've been praying over that for my own life. But I wanted to encourage you today. Prophesy to you today. Don't let the worries of the world kill the word on the inside of you. Jesus. Thank you, guys. You know what? I'm going to... I want to ask uh, you guys, can you do me a favor? Uh, at 12.30, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm saying, can you guys come on back up here? Yeah? Okay, you got to keep me accountable, okay? Even if I tell you no, I want you to just ignore me completely, okay? Okay, you guys are incredible, thank you. But if you want to stay up here, yeah? I don't know, man, I don't know if I should, okay. What, if somebody wants to play or not, you do whatever you want. I just trust you guys. I, had, I just trust you guys. I don't trust you guys. But I, no, I'm just kidding. I trust you guys. How are you? Good morning. You guys doing okay? You guys ready? You guys alive? Are you guys hungry? Man, I, I, lo I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Good to be with believers this morning. Do you know that we get to do this? You know we don't have to do this? We get to do this? And what a privilege. What a privilege. What a privilege. I, I, I have so enjoyed my time here. And uh, what's that? Really? Stay. Listen, this state isn't big enough for the two of us, okay? And it's big state. <laughs> Man, I, I was actually just in Florida last week or the week before, and I brought my son down here. We had such a good time. Uh, we, we went out into the woods at night and caught snakes and lizards and got bit. And You want to know the craziest thing I saw here? This is the craziest thing I've seen in years. And this is not like a biblical thing. Just ignore this. This is just a crazy thing I just witnessed in Florida. And I've seen a lot of crazy things in Florida. We went out with <laughs> my son. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm taking time to do this. My son, uh, for his 10th birthday, I said, bud, uh, we, let's go on a trip, right? Where do, wherever you want to go. And uh, I said, wherever you want to go, we're going to do it. If I, you know, if I can make it happen, I want to do it. And he turned 10 in March, but my wife was going through cancer treatment during that season. And so I couldn't take him on the trip. So we waited. And she's in full remission. 
And I said, buddy, we gotta go. We gotta go. And uh, I married a Latina. Any Latinas in this place? Oh, simmer down. You, you don't need to prove it to everybody. We all know, okay? Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna write a book. It's called Oops, I Married a Latina. It's gonna be a bestseller, okay? It's gonna be great. Yeah, I know. Hi, Chihuahua, let's go. Man, so she's a fighter. She keeps knives hidden in places and she just, she'll just cut me, you know? She's great. Anyway, she's a fighter, I'll tell you this. So that was actually her second bout with cancer. I'm like, come on girl, you're letting sin in the camp again. No, I'm just kidding, oh, whatever. She would, if she was here, she would have laughed, but that's the kind of relationship we have. Uh, anyway. I took my son out and he wanted to do something fun. And, uh, and I said, what do you want to do? He says, I want to go see Mike and Dina. Now, Mike and Dina are missionaries. I was like, you want to do what? He's like, I want to go hang out with Mike and Dina. In Florida, they were in China, they got kicked off the field. And they're back in, uh, they're back in Florida. He says, I want to go spend time with Mike and Dina. And I've, I found myself trying to talk him out of it, like, because partially I wanted to go and, like, do something fun, not just hang out with missionaries. That's what I do for a living, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Mike and Dina. They're incredible. And, and we went, and they have a nephew that has, like, he's like a TikTok superstar. His name's uh, Fishing Garrett. He goes into, like, the Everglades and catches things with his hands. And, and so we went and hung out with him. And I, the crazy thing, I've seen a lot of crazy things here in Florida, but I literally watched this 23-year-old kid out in the woods, like, walk up and just grab a bird out of a tree with his hands. And I was like, I've seen witchcraft in nations before. I have seen the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the blind see. But I ain't never seen some dude just walk up to a tree and grab, like, a healthy bird that has the ability to fly away with his hand. And I was like, it's only here in Florida. Do you witness that? I have seen miracle signs. I've seen food multiply. I've seen tumors drop off people. And I still don't have the faith to see somebody do that ever again. Just walked up and yoink. Just walks over and hands me a bird. And I was like, there, there are levels here in Florida. There are levels. Y'all ain't normal. Legit. And then he's like, and it just flew away. I was like, did you put that there ahead of time? No. Nope. I just can walk up to wild birds and catch them. I love this place. We prayed. We said, God, we want to have an awesome time. And we're out snorkeling on a beach, and I see this dark shadow in the ocean, like five, free, five feet from me. And I'm a diver. I've seen stuff. I've been there. But I'm telling you, like, I peed a little in water. Just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm sorry, Pastor Alex. I shouldn't say that from the pulpit, but I did. It's just, I was like, ah, you know. Watched a lot of movies. I didn't. I'm just kidding. Maybe a little bit. Anyway, listen. That's neither here nor there. A manatee just swims right next to us. And then we were out later that day, just canoeing down this brown river, and I was freaked out because, like. Whatever, I don't want to get eaten by anything. 
And they were telling me all the stories of like people that somebody died there. Somebody was eating over there. <laughs> Just going down. A baby manatee came up like this big, like it must, they said it must have been born just a, a day or two, just came right up and I tried to grab it, but that's illegal. So I didn't, but I wanted to, cause like how cool would it be to just hold a baby manatee for a minute? Come back, Holy Spirit. You're welcome back in this place. But I love it. I love this place. And it's been such an honor being here with you guys. I don't know if they're going to ever have me back. I just told you that I tried to assault a manatee and I peed in your water system. Yeah. Just all, all, in, all in a Sunday morning. Let's go. <laughs> Are you doing okay over there? Have you ever heard a preacher say that? No. Well, stick around me, man. You'll hear worse. Okay. It is such an honor to be here. And I truly, oh, this is going south. You're like, bring back the prophetic people. Yeah. I have a word for you this morning, and it's better than my previous words. Um, I would encourage all of you to maybe grab first service. I don't think I'm going to share the same thing uh, just because I, I can't. I, the, the, Lord, the Lord really spoke that message to me this morning. Um, but I, I feel like he's asking me to share something different this morning. And I think it goes in, in key with what these gentlemen were saying, in fact, I wanted to preach the parable of the Good Samaritan, Andrew, but you kind of ruined that one for me all of a sudden, hearing his voice and all. <laughs> but I want to speak to you out of Luke this morning. And I feel like this is a, a season that God has all of you in right now. And uh, I do have an issue, though, as I was looking at this. Um, I'm missing some of this from my Bible. It's, part of it's gone. So you might have to, I might have to fill in the blanks a little bit. You might have to do some homework later. But I'm missing a chunk of this verse. I don't know, sometimes you get preaching, it just tears out. But I'm going to try to do my best, even with this chunk missing. So let's get into the word really quick this morning or most of the word. <laughs> I love this Bible. It's been with me all around the globe. It's falling apart, okay? Like, here's the cover, you know? So, uh, but I love it. This thing has been with me to war zones and stuff falls out all the time, but it's just mine and I love it. And people try to buy me new ones and I have them, but they just don't carry the same sauce as this one. I got this for $9 with somebody else's name on the cover. And uh, I just love it. Let's get into the word. Luke chapter eight, verse 26. Uh, they sailed to the region of the Gerenastra Caesars across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man. Ooh, that's fun. Everybody say demon-possessed man. <laughs> How many of y'all need deliverance today? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Somebody raised their hand. Oh, nope, not me. You know. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> uh, it was met, met by a demon possessed man from the town. Uh, for a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he had lived in the tombs. Everybody say tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, what do you want to do with me? 
And then that part's torn. Uh, so I'm going to fill in the gaps for a minute. Uh, Jesus lands on the shore of, of the lake. And uh, he's there to preach the gospel. He's there to, to minister. And uh, as you've read this before, uh, there's a farmer who sees this happening. He's watching and he's got his pigs. And Jesus and the demonized man go into a conversation. Because when Jesus shows up, everything changes. Everything changes. Darkness is challenged. It's not tolerated. It's challenged. It knows where it stands. And what are you going to do with me? He, he knew that his time was up. The demons knew. The demonic destroys every time. And Satan lies every time. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And nothing, nothing can stand at the feet of Jesus. It all has to crumble. All demonic, all strongholds. I learned this early on because I used to love the demonic. I loved it, and I was good at it. I was really good at it. Uh, I'm from a small island called Gloucester, Massachusetts. It's north of Boston. And, man, right next to us is Salem, Massachusetts. So I would go down to Salem. I'd go to the witchcraft festivals. I love darkness, man. I had two hardcore bands, so like uh, crazy loud music. I was part of the Boston underground hardcore scene. I was on antidepressants. I was on, I was suicidal. I was a cutter. I hated my life. And I loved darkness. And I loved darkness because I, I looked for something in the church, and the church was full of hypocrisy, and I hated that. And so I went to darkness, and I was really, really good at it. Um, but Jesus doesn't care. There's no darkness that can stand at the feet of Jesus. No darkness. And I've seen it all. I really have. I've watched the darkest, the most demonized fall at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus, everywhere he'd go, captives would get set free. They would get set free. Everywhere he go. Now, in this story, in Luke chapter 8, this man in the, in the history of Scripture was known as the most demonized man in the entirety of Scripture. There wasn't anyone more demonized than him. And all of a sudden, he's, he, meets his, he meets his match. And the Bible says he was naked, right? He, he lived amongst the tombs. He lived amongst the dead. And he tormented this town. He was known in the region. And one thing that I find funny is after Jesus casts the demons out, and he doesn't just send them out, he sends them into the pigs. And the pigs run and commit uh, suicide. No? That's a little funny. Come on. You guys got that one. Most states, they won't get it. God, I love Florida. Normally I have to say deviled ham was created, but I felt like you guys could get the, never mind. Okay. He cast the demons into the pigs. Most people believed, and I even preached this, that he did that because pigs were unclean, right? But this doesn't make sense. Pigs are unclean, but everywhere that Jesus went, he didn't just look at unclean things and go die, you know, like, you know, he didn't do that. He was always around the unclean. He was around unclean people. He was around unclean things all the time. In fact, he was accused of being around the unclean. And it wasn't until I was there at the lake, at the point 
at the place where most people believe this took place, even now you can go up on the shoreline and see a cliff where most people believe this took place. And our tour guide said, Will, do you know why uh, Jesus sent the demons and the pigs? And I gave them my pocket answer, and they said, yeah, that's what most people think. But he said, this whole region right here worshipped another god, another idol. They, they didn't worship, they weren't Jewish. I mean, there were some, but, but, but that wasn't the that wasn't the focus of this region. They found temples and they would sacrifice to their gods. And they would use pigs as sacrifices. So when Jesus cast the demons out, he wasn't just setting a man free, he was making a statement about the demonic over a region. Not only am I gonna set the captives free, but I'm gonna make it impossible for you to worship your idols at the same time. Why? And this, and this makes sense in the context because you see the townspeople are afraid. And I always read this, right? You have this naked, crazy, demonized guy running around a town eating people's cats at night or whatever he did, you know? Where's Fluffy? Demonized guy got him, you know? Like, right? <laughs> right? But when Jesus gets him, sees him set free, when Jesus sets him free, they're like, get out of here! The Bible says, I believe it's three times, and the townspeople were scared. They were scared because Jesus was making a statement about the whole entire region. A lot of the church gets caught up in the demonic over a place. Like it becomes this big talking point. A lot of people, we, a lot of the church likes to celebrate darkness over truth and over light. And we might think in our hearts that, that, that we believe and have faith, but when you find yourself speaking about darkness more than you do speaking about Jesus, I would encourage you to check your hearts. See, the reality is there is no darkness in a region that isn't too much. There isn't an amount of warfare over a reason, over a region that's impossible for God. I, I, I get the blessing to go from state to state, city to city, nation to nation, and, and man, it didn't happen here, but most churches, I'll, I'll get into a, a room in preparation, and they'll be like, hey, the intercessors want to come pray for you, and I'm like, awesome, I love that prayer, free prayer, giddy up, let's go, and, and they come in, and they're like, you know, they're praying, and they're, they're, they're oh, man, Lord, give him a, a authority in this place, because, and it's so heavy, we need breakthrough. And then, and then one will pull me aside and they'll be like, hey, just so you know, like there's a coven on Wednesdays that meets like two meters from here. And I'll get like the download. I'll get the download of what's going on. And it's, it was amazing. When I first started traveling, I would hear this stuff. And then I started realizing everywhere I went, there was a justification of darkness. And in the parable of the Good Samaritan, what happened was a lawyer approaches Jesus and he asks a very important question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds beautifully. He goes, you tell me. You tell me. And the lawyer says, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus goes, you got it. Do that. And you too will inherit eternal life. And then the lawyer did this. So he asked the question, had the right answer, 
And then the Bible says this, the lawyer wanting to justify himself. Stay with me. The lawyer wanting to justify himself asks the question, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus goes into the parable of the Good Samaritan and obliterates every excuse ever. But there's a place in there where the lawyer wanting to justify himself. See, what's wrapped up in justification of yourself or a situation or of darkness or whatever it is, the justification is a lack of faith. The justification is, is, is the lawyer not wanting to know who his neighbor was, he wanted to know who he didn't have to go to. He was justified. Well, who is my neighbor? It was, it was the lawyer saying, I don't want to be responsible for people. I only want to be responsible technically for the ones that I have to be responsible for. So who is my neighbor? And Jesus corrects the church. Do you know this? He corrects believers in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Can we go there for just a second? The Bible says a man naked, broken, bleeding on the side of the road. And it says a priest walks by. You know the story. Who's a priest? He's a believer. He's the, he knows the word. He knows the law. He knows what is right and wrong. It's his entire job. The church, the preacher walks by. And the Bible says he does the craziest thing. He's walking down the road. He sees the naked, broken, bleeding man. He looks at him. And the Bible says this, he goes to the other side of the road, so he gets as far away from him as possible, but does not leave his trajectory of, I'm on a ministry trip. It's disgusting. And then he says this, and then a Levite comes. Do you know what a Levite is? Levite's a worshiper. Come on, they're the, they're the presence people, right? They're the banners, the flags, the 24-7 Right? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, come on, show far, show good, let's go. <laughs> right? They're like, and they come down, you know, dancing. The Levites, they were a tribe. Come on, we're set apart. We're presence people. Come on, we love his presence. Yeah, come on. Should have bought a Honda, but about a Kia. Right? That was in tongues. Re tamabotai, untamabotai, you tamabotai, we tamabotai, you know? They're coming down the road, and he sees the, the broken. Y'all are getting way too serious on me today. He sees the broken, bloody, and beaten man and moves to the other side of the road. Keeps going. Right? So he calls out those who understand the word. And he calls out those who know his presence and are in charge of his presence. He goes, they miss it. And then he goes to the Samaritan. And he obliterates every excuse from the church, from the believers, for those who know God. See, there isn't a level of darkness or unclean that we're not called to go and serve. <laughs> Some of you didn't like that, but that's okay. Jesus modeled it with his life and he modeled it with his speech. He would go to the widow, the orphan. He would go to the prostitute. He would, he would call out those who knew the word, who knew truth. And he was like, you got it. You know every answer. 
but what's in your heart? What's in your heart? What's in your heart? Well, who is my neighbor? And all he's saying is, who can I separate myself from? Jesus divides the entire globe into two categories. And I know this by the parable of the Good Samaritan. He divides everyone into neighbor and brother and sister. Either we're brothers and sisters, believers, or we're neighbors, the unbeliever. And he obliterates every excuse from separating ourselves from every human on the planet, regardless of the level of darkness that they're in or not. See, what this did for me, when I saw this, when I saw how he treats the darkest, the most demonized, the most witchcrafty, the entire region, he lands on the shore. What are you going to do with me? And fear falls on people. The first thing I want to encourage you with is the townsfolk never like power. The townsfolk fight against raw, real authority. Not, oh, I got authority. No, 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 real authority. Go out. And when Jesus sets someone free, what he's doing is he's making a statement over an entire region. He doesn't just set one free. Brother, I loved connecting with you last night. As you see one person set free, he's making a statement over this region that this is falling, that fentanyl will fall, that darkness will fall, that abuse will fall, that witchcraft will fall, that abuse will fall. See, when he sets one free, come on, I need you to catch this. When the church steps up and they see one set free, Jesus is making a statement over a region. But in that, he's releasing a testimony, not just to those who need him. He's releasing a testimony to the church saying, wake up, because if I can do this through one person, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, well, brother, you don't understand. You don't understand. I went out, and when I, when, I, when I went into ministry, when I saw this, when I prayed, man, something hit my family, and you don't know what that is. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There isn't a level of darkness that can touch you. There isn't a level of darkness that has any authority over you unless you give it it. Jesus said you shall walk on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall harm you. Nothing shall harm you. No, no, no. Stay with me. And he says this in Luke chapter 10 after he sends out the 72. Here's what he tells them. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. And he commissions the 72 the same way he commissioned the 12. He says it's time. Mm. Could it be that first service was hungrier? I was told they weren't hungry. He commissions the 72 in Luke chapter 10 the same way he commissions the 12. Here's what he says. It's time. It's time. But if you want to be used, you need to ask. You need to stop watching everybody else that's doing it. And you need to ask. Now the 72 were a different tribe. Okay, They were the on-fire congregation. He, Jesus had the 12. He hand-selected them. But everywhere he went, people are like, I want this. And out of the, 
out of the crowds of thousands, there was ones that said, I'm following this. Like, I'd, I might not be invited as 12, but I want this. They were the passionate ones. They were the spirit-filled church. They, you know, they were, the, they were the ones that show up on a Saturday night. Come on, there was like fun things to do, on, but you're here. They're the ones that stayed over. I see so many of you that stayed over from last service. It's like, I have to have more. That's the 72. That's this church. That's this church. That's this congregation. I have to have more. And here's what he says. If you want more, then the harvest is ready. But he says the workers are few. And they're few because fear. Fear is faith in Satan. I'm going to say it again. Fear is faith in Satan. It is. It's elevating the lie over truth. It's putting faith in the lie. Guys, I need you to all sit back down. Man, I thought you taught obedience here. <laughs> Man, you're good. They're good. Look at those guys. Fear is faith in Satan. Fear elevates the lie over truth. The Bible says truth will set you free, not an encounter. It says truth will set you free. Amen. Stay with me. Why am I saying this? I'm looking at a tribe, not at a church. I'm looking at disciples, not just followers. I'm looking at ones that have stepped in under an umbrella that's calling you further. I'm looking at ones that even at sake of relationships that you've had, even family members, even friends are like, guys, you're too zealous. You're too full of zeal. That is the biggest cop-out. Zeal offends lukewarm believers. Zeal offends commonplace. Fire and authority offends the townsfolk. Sometimes the sign of the anointing of God that is on your life is get out of here. It's get out of here. We do not want this. But we, we have to see what God is doing. We cannot just see what the world is doing. We cannot set our eyes on the community. We have to be obedient to what he is calling us to, whether the outcome makes sense or not. See, if you're looking for fruit and one gets set free and then you leave, Jesus thought that was perfection. Jesus knew that ministering to one was perfection, making a whole entire community angry. That was perfect. See, this, this might offend you, but Jesus went into a city and destroyed a farmer's livelihood. And we all celebrate it. But that man had kids. Oh, yeah, but he was breeding pigs for sacrificing the idols. So, of course, gosh, guys, I've sat in witches' homes, in warlocks' homes, and they are amazing moms and dads. They love their kids. I have. I've also been in ones that don't. But I've sat with the demonized. I've sat with the demonic. I've been in their temples. They're blind. They're not, they're not the enemy. No, the enemy's the enemy. They're people created just like you. Created just like you. And so often we can sit here and celebrate in pride that we're chosen and we forget that Jesus goes, yeah, you're chosen, now what are you doing with it? 
Oh, you're just waiting for a pastor to do it? No, 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 no. Jesus sends out the 72. See, in all of these words, in a movement, oh, what is a movement? A lot of people are throwing around that term. What's a movement? I want to tell you this. A movement is timeless. A movement goes beyond time, goes beyond just an encounter or good services. A movement is sustainable. Why? Because it's focused on the gospel. It's not focused on good works. It's focused on the gospel. You know the marker? There's four things that mark movements. Are you ready? Here's the four things that mark movements that have been sustained for thousands of years. They preach the gospel. They make disciples, they plant churches, and they rapidly deploy new believers. Those are the four markers of a movement. And as I've been here, I've seen those markers. I've seen it. I've heard it in the testimonies. I've seen it. You are not just a part of something small. You're a part of something big. You're part of something big. Stop waiting for somebody else. Jesus calls the 72 and he says, go, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. He says, he's calling you to the thing that's designed to kill you. I'm calling you to the thing that's literally designed to kill you, to take your life. This is the first thing that churches lose. They want to go as sheep among sheep. Jesus isn't calling you amongst sheep. He's calling you to wolves. Come on, stay with me. And I don't mind sheep on sheep churches. They're good. They have a place. Jesus loves them. We're going to be with them in heaven. But that's not who you are. No, you're called to go amongst wolves. Why? Because you're turbo psycho Floridian sheep that can catch birds with your hands, right? Like, you're not just normal. Like, there's something on you. There's something on you that wants more. And God, God is raising up. Stay with me. God's raising up intercessors that won't just hide in a closet. Stay with me. Stay with me. Come on, stay with me. He's raising up intercessors that won't just hide in a closet and just celebrate the fact they're called to intercess. He's raising up doctors and lawyers that heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and cast out demons. Jesus sets the, sets the, the man free, and the Bible says he becomes clothed and in his right mind. Let me just pick this up really quick because I love the word blah, blah, blah. The man from whom the demons have gone out sitting at Jesus' feet. It's literally kind of like cut like this, so I'm missing a couple of words dressed in, in his feet, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed in, in his right mind, and they were afraid. I believe it's 37. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region asked Jesus to leave them. Why? Because they were overcome with fear. The fruit of Jesus' ministry produced fear. <laughs> Are you more worried about making people feel comfortable? Are you... Do you want just... To please man listen see here's the thing yes there are times when we need to be soft and wrap our arms around people and there's other times where we stand on truth and it takes maturity running with him to know when you put on which gift mix but don't just cling to one be obedient to what he's saying check this out the man from whom in the whom the demons had gone out I'm sorry then all the people asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So Jesus got into the boat and left. Where is Jesus? He's in a boat and leaving. 
He's not standing there on the shore. He's literally in a boat pulling away. 38, the man from the demons had gone out, begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away. So you have this man set free and Jesus is exiting. And you see this man who was naked, exposed and tormented, running after the king. Take me with you. Now Jesus said, a prophet is an honor in his own hometown. Jesus said this, but you see a man going, take me with you. Don't leave me here with these freaks. They know every bit of me. They know every sunspot. They know every bit. And I don't want to stay here with them. I just want to be in a safe place with you. See, and this is the thing. So many believers just want to be with him and be around other believers. And we're called to. We're called to, but we're also called to go out. And Jesus does the craziest thing. He, he releases a man crying out for discipleship. He says, you cannot come with me. You can't come with me. No. Go back to the town and tell them everything I've done for you. And he takes the crazy, naked, demonized man who's now clothed, saved maybe, I don't know, a couple hours at most, and releases him into full-time ministry. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? Honestly, what's your excuse? No, 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 no. Don't just clap. Don't just clap. What is your excuse? What's your excuse? Oh, I'm waiting for another encounter. You've had enough. Oh, I'm waiting for a better testimony. Stop it. Oh, I've just been saved since I was a little kid and I don't have the testimony of being set free of drugs. There isn't a more powerful testimony than walking with Jesus for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and being in love with him. Like, I don't know a more beautiful testimony than the faithful who have raised kids. Come on, come on, you need to stay with me on this one. There isn't a more beautiful testimony than I have been in love with a man for 40 and 50 years of my life and his name is Jesus. And even after walking around biting sheep for 50 years, I can tell you I'm more in love with him every day. Stop discrediting what God has done in your life. And freely you have received, now freely give. Freely give. Well, I don't have enough. Listen, naked man didn't have a lot. And God sent him back to the ones that knew every little dangly bit on him. Just think of how humiliating that would be. He's sane and in his right mind, his mind was perfect. His mind was perfect. And he went back to the people that ridiculed him, that he attacked. He's like, and they didn't want Jesus. And he goes, no, you want that man needed him. You sent him away, but he sent me to remind you. Some of you come up with these excuses. A prophet is an honor in his own hometown. Yes, Jesus did say that, but he also released the demonized man back into his hometown. So stop making excuses. Stop just coining Christian phrases that justify your fear. You know where you're called? Exactly where you are. 
and stop praying for God to take you out so you can start something. I deal with this in missions movement. Everybody's like, as soon as I go on the field, then I'm gonna be healthy, then I'm gonna preach, then I'm gonna pray. No, it never happens that way. What's inside of you? What's inside of you? I'm telling you, what you are carrying is perfect. And you need to give yourself to him today. And I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was pouring out the gift of evangelism. And evangelism is not just the loudest one in the room. I was the quietest one in the room. But I felt like the Lord today wanted me to remind you that he's placed you exactly where you're supposed to be. And some of you, you read the verses about the broken and naked and bleeding one, and then you judge the homeless and the broken that you drive by, get a job. Why can't you get your life in order? And, and we forget that that could be our own son, or our own daughter. <laughs> it could. And for some of you, it has been. See, he wants all of you. I asked this team to come up here, not because I wanted mood music, but I felt very specifically that many of you have been holding on. You've been elevating darkness over truth. There is no amount of darkness that can keep you from everything that he has for you. Do you know why Jesus said you will trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy? Nothing shall harm you. How many of you believe that? How many of you have been harmed? Honestly, how many of you have been harmed? I've been harmed. I've had guns pulled on me, knives pulled on me. I've been punched. I've been kicked. I've been in war zones. I've been harmed. I've been harmed. Some of you don't like that. Whoa, that doesn't make sense, Will. You can't say nothing will harm you and then you're harmed. What, you, I'm not scared to ask hard questions. I'm not scared when I've seen cancer fall off people, literally fall on the ground in front of people. I've watched the deaf hear, the lame walk and the blind see. I've seen people come out of comas. And yet my wife is crying out in pain because the tumor in her chest is cracking her sternum. And my kids are going, why can you pray for everyone else, dad? But when you pray for mom, nothing happens. I don't mind tension. I don't mind this tension. So many run away from this tension and they blame the enemy. I don't mind the tension, why? Because I only have those few moments in my life to worship him when I don't understand. It is the most incredible thing, and some of you have been running away from this tension. When all it is is a welcome door to worship him when you don't see the fruition of what you know to be true coming to pass. 
you only, I only have that one time to worship him as I'm grinding up painkillers to drop them in my wife's mouth who can barely swallow. Crying out to him, going, God, I don't understand, but I, I love you. Some of you have set up boundaries and walls because you started to go and then hurt came in. And you said, the enemy's too big and what I'm carrying is too small. No, 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 no. Nothing shall harm you. Do you know why nothing harms us? Do you know why nothing harms you? Because the worst they can do is kill you and send you to him. We're already dead. We're already dead. The apostles got beaten, flogged. They got set in jail. They got chained and shipwrecked. They were harmed. Paul, Paul got bitten by a snake. A fiery viper came out of the fire. You want to tell me something? There is nothing more demonic than a fiery viper. Come on, let's just be really, really real. You are called to go anywhere, everywhere. And Satan falls. There is no level of darkness that you can't walk into. There's no level of darkness. Listen to me. Satan fell. It's not God up there fighting with Satan. He is the creator. Satan is created. He's a bum. He's created. It's not this fight. God, God is the creator. They're, they're not even on the same level. And the Bible says this, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of you. The same spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Jesus said this, you shall do everything that I did. Everything that I did and greater, greater things than these shall you do. Because I'm not saying here I'm going to the Father and I will leave you another one. The Counselor, the Spirit of Truth who the world does not understand because it neither sees nor knows him, but you know him. You know him for he lives inside of you. I look at a community on fire. And I'm telling you, there is no level of darkness that can stand at the feet of Jesus. And your greatest weapon is this. There is something that I don't understand as I'm, as I'm putting Vicodin into my wife. Come on, I'm being vulnerable right now, guys. And most preachers that move in miracles, they will not say this, but I don't care. I don't care because we cannot have a bipolar church. We cannot have a bipolar church that just justifies why something happens and why something doesn't. We cannot. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the Lord. I don't understand, but blessed be the Lord. And, and, and I get a privilege. Come on, come on. I get a privilege of worshiping him in the midst of chaos. And some of you, you gave in your card, your ministry card. And you blame the enemy. And I don't know whether it is or it isn't, but he does not get a moment of praise from my lips, even if it was him. He doesn't get that. He doesn't get the honor of having me mention his name. He is a bum and he is a fallen angel and he deserves not a moment of praise on my lips. 
And so many of the church, come on, we justify these tensions moments, these moments of contention. And Jesus, he is the one who is worthy. Well, Will, you don't understand, you have no idea. I've had people shapeshift into my house. I have had friends that have died on the field. I've had missionaries that have been abused by 12 men that have broken into their house. I have seen things on the field and in the States that I can't even repeat from a pulpit. I've seen the worst cannibalism as they've chopped up our pastor's kids. Like I've seen things, I've seen things and I've heard things and I've also sat with those pastors. Five minutes later after they're done sharing the worst this just happened to me a few years ago. I literally had to run out of the room and I vomited hearing the atrocities. I couldn't even take it anymore. Stay with me, stay with me. Come on, I'm being really real today. And I came back and I was angry at God. God, how could you? Like if that was me, I would have gone insane. And then at the end, they just worshiped. They just worshiped. And I grabbed one of our pastors whose wife was taken from him, being held hostage. And everything that goes along with that. I said, I don't get this. If that was my wife, I would. I couldn't sleep. Sitting here. And he goes, Look, look, we've been praying that every tribe in the region would come to know him. And they're all here. How can I be sad? Guys, they're, I'm telling you something. In the face of the worst darkness that you can imagine, there is a place of love and celebration and worship that can only come in those moments. And most people, they pull away from the king who, who washed them clean because they don't understand. Guys, guys, he doesn't get praise when it's good. Separation when it doesn't make sense. No. I want to end with this. And I want to ask us to enter in. Just stay with me, guys. I, I literally am going to be done in just a minute. I want to share with you seven types of worship. It's going to be very, very fast, but I felt like we need to do something prophetically in this place. Worship isn't just, I praise you. Yay, we're singing songs. No, no, no. Barak is to bow down or kneel before the Lord. Barak. There's a place in crying out in worship when all you can do is just bow before him. It doesn't say, I worship him because I get answers. No. You just bow before him. Why? Because he is the king. Some of y'all need to Barack. Hello. 
to shine, boast, rave about, celebrate, or even be clamorously foolish. Our pastors, after they told me there was five of them, they told me the worst stories. And I grabbed them and they're like, look, the harvest is here. And they bounced around and spun. There was nothing more offensive to me in that moment than watching our pastors spin after they told me the worst stories. Because I had been walking with the Lord for 20 years at that point, and I didn't have faith like that. How long have you been saved? Six years. One said eight years. Some of y'all got to get foolish again. Do you remember what it was to be foolish? Do you remember what it was to be foolish? Well, how can I be foolish when so much stuff is going on? How can I be foolish when I've lost what I've loved? How can I be foolish when I'm cleaning up a mess? Because the kingdom is upside down. Jesus says, if you want to go high, you go low. He says, if you want to receive, you just give, you give. Some of you guys are trying to figure this thing out up here, but all he wants is you at the altar. Not, not just playing a game, but, but giving yourself to him at the altar one more time. Raw and real. Shabbat. Y'all don't have a problem with this one, to shout loudly or command. Why is it easy that we do the ones that just please us? Tehillah, to sing unrehearsed, unplanned praises. Somebody, somebody Tehillah me real quick. Come on, come on, come on. Do you know what it is, the Tehillah girl? Come on, come I praise on. you in the morning. Unplanned, unplanned praises. I praise you in the evening. Come on, like, when was the last time you got in your car and just Tehillah? When was the last time you just Tehillah in church and wasn't just led by someone telling you how to worship or how not to? To da, to extend or raise your hands in thanksgiving. Ready? For something that has not yet occurred or that you have not yet received. Some of y'all got a to da in this place. Yada, to extend your hands vigorously as in complete surrender. This isn't complete surrender. Do you know that the Bible goes into specific definitions of worship because it's not just one thing? Come on, I'm gonna show my muffin top if I do this again. Come on. But some of y'all need to release the muffin tops, right? Come on. Jesus doesn't mind a little muffin top. It's only you who cares about how you look and how you act, which means that you are worshiping more yourself than you are the King of Kings. Listen, I'm not saying be inappropriate. What I'm saying is, when was the last time you literally lost control in worship and in praise? Come on, last one, last one, and then I'm done. And then I'm done. Uh, Dylan, uh, boys, can you come up here? Zamar, to touch the strings. Where's my, where's, come on. Where's my Gibson, man? Hey. David. Can you hear me, buddy? Yeah? 
Okay. How good are you on that thing, brother? Like more or less? Come on. Come on, stay with me. How good are you? How good are you? How good are you? No, 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 like how good are you? Don't, listen, humility. You have to be proud of something in order to need humility. How good are you, brother? Are you good? Listen to me. I want you to do something you've never done in church before. Okay? I want you to slay. I want you to crush it. Come on. Come on. I, I, I want you to go nuts. I want you to push a button and get some sounds that makes the church uncomfortable. Come on, stay with me. We're gonna we're gonna hit something right now. And I want you to Zamar. I want you to Zamar that Gibson, that Les Paul. Make Les Paul proud right now. Come on. And somebody turn this man up for a second. See? Dude, you can do better than that. Come on. I don't know if you guys are getting this right now. Because we like to put God in a box. Some of you need to come up on this altar right now and worship him in a way that you haven't worshiped him in a long time. Why? Because as we lift our voices, Satan falls. As we lift our voices, he touches us in a way that he's never touched us before. right now if you need healing in your body I want you to wave a hand at me very quickly you need physical healing I want you to put a hand on whatever part of your body needs healing right now and if you have a spouse or a child next to you that belongs to you I want you to say pray for me right now and you might feel uncomfortable but if your husband or your wife or your kids are next to you I want you to say hey Hey, sweetie, will you pray for me? Hey, hon, will you pray for me really quickly? And I want you to put your hand on whatever body part needs healing. 
See, no darkness can stand in a place of worship. No darkness. And I heard the Lord say that he's going to heal mental conditions this morning. Depression and anxiety and suicidality is being broken off now. In the name of Jesus, boys, if you have any words of knowledge, I want you to come up here very quickly. Depression and anxiety and suicidality. Listen, I'm, I was supposed to be done 27 seconds ago. Uh, but just for three minutes, I just want to call out a few things that the Lord is showing us. And I believe you're going to get healed. If you need to pick up your kids or do whatever is supposed to happen, just do that. But very quickly... I saw the Lord healing bones that were broken and healed incorrectly. It was almost like you went for surgery. And then they never set correctly. There's somebody here that blew their right knee out playing. I believe it was playing a sport. And I felt like you were actually like mildly professional at this. It was almost like you did it in a semi-professional way. I saw the Lord healing heart disease, heart palpitations. He's, he's falling on your heart right now. There's fire coming. I saw somebody in here with a knife wound. It was almost like you were stabbed, and there's something about your digestive system that has been out of place since. It was like the Lord saved your life, but you think that it's that you haven't been healed completely because of your lifestyle. Like he's reminding you, no, 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 no. He's healing you today. He's healing you today. There's someone in here. There's someone in here. Uh, that, that has like jaw issues, almost like TMJ, but not just mildly. It's, 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 it's affecting everything you do in your jaw. You, you've lost a lot of weight because of this. God's healing you. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. I really felt strongly to pray for infertility this morning. And the Lord's healing you. He's healing you. And I break all shame now in Jesus' name. Dylan, very quickly, if you have anything, very quickly, because I just want to honor the clock. Yeah, just a few things. I felt like the Lord was touching somebody's feet, like even like plantar's fasciitis or something. I just felt like there were, there were feet that God wanted to touch. And uh, I, I felt like this. I saw someone's left ear, and I don't know whether it's it's opening uh, or, or like completely deaf, or if it's even like r the ringing in the ear. I just felt like I saw the Lord touching uh, specifically the left ear. I, I felt like that word came even last night. And so, Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name for opening the ears. And if there is any any ringing that needs to go, it would go uh, in Jesus' mighty name. I also felt real quick, I felt like someone's thyroid, like you need yep. a new thyroid. I felt like God is just releasing thyroids in this place. And so I, I just felt like if you would just put your hand just right, you know, where it is and just begin. I just felt like it's being released in this place. Yeah, Hepatitis, hepatitis uh, is being healed right now in Jesus name. Uh, and, and it's like you actually have more than one. And I feel like it came through drug use. And, and, and you've been like, I, I deserve this. And this is the Lord keeping me humble. No, 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 no. Jesus came in, came in, and he, and he touched the leper and made them whole. He touched the unclean and made them whole. He is a God of restoration. And he's healing all, blood, all types of blood diseases today. Yeah, so I felt like somebody's elbow, they had tendonitis in the elbow. And I feel like the Lord's healing that. Um, I heard L4. 
um, I don't know if there's pain there or if it's a fusion. I felt like there may be a fusion and I feel like the Lord's healing that. And I also heard thumb, uh, specifically the left thumb, if you have a problem moving that, but if it's your right, claim it too. So God, I just thank you for raining out healing right now in Jesus name. Yep. Tendonitis, I command yep. you go thank right you, now. Bones, I command you to be whole right now. Back, be whole. All fused bones, I command cartilage to grow right now in Jesus name and thumbs. It, whether it be arthritis or uh, uh, any form of thing that hurts your thumbs, I command it to be whole yep, yep. right now in Jesus' name. More Lord. More Lord. More Lord. More Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. There's someone in here that you sold yourself, not by choice, but you were forced into it. And your body has so many issues. It's almost like you're the woman with the issue of blood. And the Lord's healing you today. He's healing you today. He's healing you today. He's healing you right now. I wanted to pray for lymphoma. Is there anyone in here with lymphoma? Sweet girl, I want you to come up here very quickly. Is it Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's? Hodgkin's? Non-Hodgkin's. I hate that thing. Come here. I need you to come up here very quickly. More, Lord. Do you love him? Do you love him? I believe the Lord is going to do some incredible miracles right now. Sweet girl, would you mind just coming up here very quickly? There's steps right here. Do you love him? so much if you have any sickness in your body it doesn't matter whether we called it out or not I just want you to put your hand on whatever that is come Holy Spirit some of you might feel heat some of you might feel fire some of you might feel electricity some of you might just feel peace he is the Prince of Peace you want that Father, every voice that is not your voice, I command to leave now in the name of Jesus. Now, in the name of Jesus. Every word of depression and suicide, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I curse you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. Every voice that is not your voice, come Holy Spirit. Come, 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 come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet, I ask for a release of your anointing. Father, we just give you praise right now. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. You are worthy, God. Just put your hand on whatever body part that is. Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever their hand is placed right now, God. Whoa! Come, Holy Spirit. Amazing grace. I feel your presence. Lord, I ask that you would burn away every cell that is not of you. Every cell that is not of you. I break every bit of condemnation now in Jesus' name. Every bit of condemnation that says you deserve this because of a lifestyle that you live. No, 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 no. Jesus, Jesus. Father, I ask that you would pour out your great grace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, 
every bone reset now in Jesus' name. Every deaf ear open, every blind eye see. Lord, I ask you to repair uh, cones and rods, corneas and retinas. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask for your fire to come. Father, let waves of your healing grace be poured out now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. I, I, I curse barrenness now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask, Lord, over every mother and father or everyone that is crying out to be one that has been barren and childless. I speak life, even where doctors have spoken death. In the name of Jesus, come, come, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. All pain leave now in the name of Jesus. Now, just really quickly, I want you to check your body out. I want you to do something that you couldn't do. Come, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse every cell of cancer. service without praying for it come Holy Spirit did you did you test your body out oh how many of you feel like the Lord's doing something something shifted like like 75% or more if that's you I just want you to wave your hand like there's been a shift seriously like don't be nice I don't like nice Christians being nice is lying I'm asking you honestly honestly like there's been a major shift since we started praying I want you to wave your hand at me like this don't be nice how many how many of you like it's all gone it's all changed something's majorly shifted when we prayed like it's gone like you have been healed you know that what happened your lower back and your knee I love that your, your thumb Come on. Anybody? I saw a bunch of hands waving. Yeah, what happened? Get over here. I can't hear you. That's I, But I see you waving glasses at me. What happened? Yeah, come on, girl. Get some. Hallelujah. Just, you were waving your hand at me. I just want to hear really quickly. Yeah. Come on. Shoulder rotator cuff. I love that. What happened? Why are you waving glasses at me? Come here, sweet girl. Come here. Can you come on up here? Can you come on up? Yeah? What were you saying? I, I love it. I had a brain injury from last year and the lights were bothering me this whole time and I could take them off and now I could look at them. I could look at them and I yeah. One of my one of my favorite miracles one of my favorite miracles that I ever saw was a woman that had prescription dark glasses like that 
and she had a brain injury and she couldn't look at lights anymore. Like she lived her whole life with these wraparound like trash bag, black trash bag glasses. And it was the night when I, just being vulnerable, I was not in a good place that night. And I actually put my hand on her to hide and I got down on all fours and she was on her, her knees crying out and I just didn't want to minister that night. I put my hand on her back and her eyes opened up and she ripped her back brace off and she saw it was one, of my first, one, of, one of my favorite miracles when I was in one of the worst places I've ever been. And that's what I love about God. It's his grace. It's not just dependent on, on you and your heart. He's so good, he'll use any vessel. I want you to just close your eyes. I command every ounce of injury. I break every suicidal thought in Jesus' name. I break every, every bit of depression that might try to creep in. I break every voice that's not your voice, King Jesus. Wow, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Sweetie, I saw you laying aside everything. I felt like you gave people their dreams. It was almost like you would give them their dream house. It's like you had this thing on your life that would just take someone's dream and you would do whatever you could to see it happen. And I felt like in the last season, it's almost like you've given it up. But I saw the Lord restoring favor. Close your eyes. <laughs> He's giving you eyes to see today. Here's to hear. And I bless you, girl. Father, I ask for healing completely and totally from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Wow, more Lord, more Lord. Sweetie, and I saw the Lord touching your family. And I felt like this is going to be a season of prodigals. Yeah. This is going to be a season where hearts of fathers to sons, sons to fathers. I felt like, I felt like you've been saying, but God, but God, we, we deserve this. Or this is the fruit of our decisions. And I just break that lie in Jesus' name. And I just say, he is the decider. And I hear the Lord. I hear the Lord saying, like now. And suddenly he comes walking on the water. I know this might sound strange, but I felt like there's something in the realm of like even new age that tried to creep in, come against the ones you love. And I, I felt like everything changed. It was like they dressed different and tattooed. Like I just felt like everything changed and you feel guilt because you allowed it. But I just hear you just trying to be a good, a good mom, a good leader. And I break all shame and guilt off you now in the name of Jesus. See, the enemy robs, steals, and destroys. I give 
I have made so many mistakes. And it's only Christians that come and say, shame on you. And there's so many of the church walking around with sheep bites. But at the end of the day, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Like, that's who he is. Have you forgotten? Have we forgotten? He's the one that restores Peter with a word. The one that denied him. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. And feed my sheep. You're the cornerstone. You're the one I'm going to build the church off of. I break every lie of the enemy now in Jesus' name. I break every lie. Father, Father, I ask, Lord, for restoration. I felt like, I felt like you named him with a plan and a purpose. A child of promise. A child of promise. And Lord, I ask what you're doing in Iran man in white came walking into my room. Lord, I ask you to do it over this family. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. New day. New day. Pastor, if you don't come up here, I'm going to keep going. Like, And I want to honor your people. So please, like, please. More Lord. In the name of Jesus. More Lord. I bless you. I bless you. I break every lie that says you missed it and that you failed. Oh, he's here, sweet girl. You're a good mama. You take a bullet for any of your kids. You're a good mama. If every, only if people knew the price you paid, the sacrifice you made, they wouldn't think what they think. They have no idea how you covered, like Moses's sons covering up their father in drunkenness. You, they have no idea what you've covered <laughs> to honor those who are around you. They have no idea you're one that people feel safe around. <laughs> and the Lord, the Lord's going to use you so mightily. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. So, Father, I thank you for fresh eyes. <laughs> and I saw the Lord I saw the Lord taking every level I saw like it was almost like an oil change and I saw levels that were low coming up high again I saw I saw levels that were low coming up high and I felt like the Lord was just touching your entire body come Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus do you love him? do you love him? I love him he loves you so much girl He loves you, girl. <laughs> he loves you, girl. So just to finish, we're going to pass over to Pastor, but this, what we've seen here, is only half the gospel. What Will was saying about the man, the demonized man, 
he was set free to go and set free the others. You're healed. Freely you received, freely you give. It's not to stay here. And the sign of this church for the coming years is Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 said, what is the true fast that God wants? It's the spirit that comes to break the chains of oppression, of slavery, to feed the hungry. And then it says a few verses later, and these people will build the broken walls. Who rebuilds the broken walls? It's the people who have been set free. There's a mighty army here. There's some demonized people that have been set free. And God just wants to mark you tonight. Because freely you've received, freely you've been healed. Now go and heal this neighborhood. Heal the nations. And I can't let you guys go without marking you commissioning this broken people that have been made more or less whole because the full wholeness comes when you start going and breaking the curses that you've been set free from you are a mighty army how can this place have many places many campuses it's going to kill your pastors on their own but you are the army God has raised up people in this place I spoke to them they served us so well just you guys come you you come here my beautiful friend yes and you these two okay yeah. um we're gonna we're not closing the service but we want to just let you know that if you need to go you, you're free to go also if you have kids we need you to get your kids because we have to let the workers go but we are going to continue going we're going to continue ministering so God bless you if you need to go. We love you. We don't judge you. Amen. Maybe a little bit. Not, not really. Okay. But we'd love you to stay. We're going to continue as the Holy Spirit leaves. God bless you. Go in his peace. So we've been blessed so much by these two. And they're generals of this new army that's raising up. But it's time to enlist more people for the second wave of this church. And if you want to be part of this... If you say, I was broken, I was blind. I don't know, know all the theology. I don't know all the verses yet. But one thing I do know, I was blind. <laughs> but now I see. Show. The Spirit of God wants to come on you, to anoint you, to preach the gospel, to the poor, to set the captives free, to heal the blinds. If you want to be prayed for, not for healing for yourself, but for the Spirit of God to come and activate you to be a mighty army in this place, as he has done with these, which just blow me away. I just want, as you, you're free to go, but if you want this, just come to the front, and we're just going to be activating, anointing, commissioning you guys, and this church is going to be a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place to come nearby. So those who need to go, feel free. I know some people have got the turkey in the oven. But for the others, just come forward. And as we worship, we'll just pray and release and commission a crazy mighty army. Not only in Florida or America, but the nations of this world. 
It's the love of God. I want you to pray this prayer that I prayed when I was in my room in England. It's the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed. It says, God, break my heart. Be careful. Let me tell you first, because this is dangerous. I said to him, God, break my heart with the things that break your heart. Break my heart with the things that break your heart. Give me your heart, Jesus. Because when you have Jesus' heart, you can't live a normal life. When he broke my heart, I saw the street kids in Brazil and I gave up everything and went to work with the street kids in Brazil. Do you know what happened the first day? I got robbed, stones thrown at me. If it was just a good, funny idea that the pastor told me to do, I'd be coming back. But because I had his heart of love, there's no turning back, guys. We're not calling you to go out just because it's a good idea, it's a mission. No, because your heart burns, it's broken. It's not your own, it's his heart. And we just pray for a release in this place. The heart of the Father God in this place. Break hearts, break hearts. Give your hearts, Father God. Give your love. That love will be compelled. That love will take people to the nations, over the seas, across the road, into 7-Eleven. Release your heart in these people. It's not a strategy. It's obedience to a heart laid down. Let's pray for them. More Lord, more Lord. In the more Lord, more Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Uh, I felt very strongly. If there's any policemen uh, in here, uh, firemen uh, in here, that you work in the city, you work protecting. I want you. I want you to wave a hand at me. Yeah, I want you to come on up here very quickly. Yeah, I know you don't like it, but whatever. Nobody cares. Come. On. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I would like your spouse to come up as well, because it's definitely not you on your own if, if your spouse is here. And if you need a spouse, just look around. There's some, there's some awesome people here, you know? And, and, and you have a steady job, and that's desirable. Come on. Just come on over here. Just, come, just stand right here for me. I just want you to close your eyes. Is this yours? Or are you looking? Okay. Come on, more, Lord. I want you to just close your eyes, more, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Are there any more? I feel like there's actually more, but you, you don't want to come up because you, you got a lot of pride. And I get that. I totally understand that. There were Okay. I'm talking active duty in the community. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I don't know why, but I felt like there's one. You're active duty in the community. Yeah. I want you to come on up here, more Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More Lord. More Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing. And I just ask for more. Ask for more, Lord. More of your presence, God. More of your fire. Is there like, maybe you're a young man or a young woman that's like getting, it's like you want to join the force, like you want to become a cop, you might even be training for it right now. Uh, and I don't, I could be wrong, I don't mind being wrong, but I, f I just can't move on. I feel like there's someone else in here 
that's like this is this is my life this is what I'm doing this is what I want to dedicate my life to I want you in here and and I heard that there's retired ones but I don't feel like it's retired I feel like this is something that is on you and it's like you want to go into it then no man really and don't come up to me afterwards it happens every time and you make me look stupid up here and then you come up to me you're like I'm scared and I don't know about that and uh, you scared me like get over yourself okay going once going going twice is that you man you're not just saying that uh, are you planning on doing this officers. Lord, I ask, would you give them the compassion? I, I don't know how it all works, God, but I'm asking for compassion. I'm asking that they would see the ones that you see the way you see them. I'm asking you would break their hearts. God, but I thank you that even in a place of authority, God, you're teaching them what it is to walk in authority and fire. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking over each and every one of them, God, would you fill them up? Bro, the Lord has anointed you and called you beyond even the realm that you're in. And I felt like I saw you expanding even in your job. Like, I, I, I didn't hear the call, but, but Will told me that it was, it was for officers. And I just felt like the Lord's going to expand. And I saw you doing, like, Bible studies with other officers. I felt like I saw these morning Bible studies around coffee, and I know it's cliche, but donuts. And I saw you preaching the gospel. And I saw you leading other officers to the Lord. And Lord, I just pray for a grace over them. Lord, that they would stand for truth. They would stand for what they need to stand for. But God, would their heart break. As they see the ones on drugs, as they see the ones you died for on the cross. And I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I know you'll flood their heart. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you'll flood their heart with what they need. Lord, break our hearts. Break our hearts for ordinary lives. Not ordinary lives, God, but extraordinary lives with the gospel of Jesus. Fill. Fill. Not in the natural, God, supernatural. Lord, over everyone here, everyone standing up, God, break our lives. Take us and use us, God. Use us, Lord, because you're worthy. Not because we want to be used, but because you are worthy, God.
I felt like, I felt like you said I'm only use, useful for one thing. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. It's funny, I saw you around this like fire pit with a bunch of men and you were saying things that would offend most, most churchgoers. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, the Lord loves that about you. He loves the way that you bring out truth in vulnerable situations. And I saw you carrying a healing bomb of hearts. I know this might sound strange, but I saw you sitting with men and they were pouring out the most secret parts of their heart. I, I know this might sound risky for the pulpit, but I saw you, I saw you speaking into loveless marriages where intimacy is stopped. And I'm saying this publicly because I feel like you've had this conversation even within the last week. And I felt like the Lord says, you're gonna pull men out of suicide. You're gonna pull men out of hotel rooms. And these aren't just people that you don't know. No, 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 these are ones that you walk with. Did you not know that you were a chaplain? I felt like the Lord was gonna use you to gather a band, a brotherhood, <laughs> a band. And I felt like you were going to speak things over them in a language that only they know. See, that's a beautiful thing about missions. You, you got to learn a language in order to be effective. I felt like the Lord says, you speak a language that very few speak. And what would start around a campfire would be taken online. And I saw business being birthed around it and I felt like the Lord said that you're not gonna live off pennies. You're not gonna live as a pauper. No, 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 no. What he's about to release over you is going to change family trees. And I felt like you're going to build an inheritance for your children's 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 children. And I saw dreams coming back to you again. This was a season of the restoration of dreams. Brother, I feel like you've made promises to people on their deathbeds. And, and I feel like you've even picked up the slack. I saw you sowing finance into those who have lost loved love ones. And I felt like you were the one that was like, I'm gonna be your dad. And I don't fully get it, but I saw you passing out gifts everywhere you go. It was like, here comes Santa Claus. And I break off all shame. I break off all shame in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for the ones that have paid a price. 
see an inheritance for my children's children. Sweet girl, I saw the Lord. <laughs> I saw the Lord dancing around you and I felt like you used to dance with him. And then I saw you going into households and holding church. And I felt like the Lord was going to give you a tribe of people that have no character, but they have heart. And I saw you forming, forming character around moldable hearts. And as a sign that what I'm saying is true, I heard the Lord say, he's about to drop property on you. And I felt like you've tasted, you've tasted the dream house, but you haven't tasted his dream house yet. his dream house yet in my house there are many rooms and the Lord is giving you vision for many 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 rooms and I saw them being filled with wounded and broken and it wasn't a halfway house it was a halfway home felt like people were going to come and you were going to put them to work and you were going to make them beautiful again. Beauty for ashes, joy for mourning. I don't know what it is, but I saw you as God's most generous people. feel like you've even struggled. God, do we give our tithe to a local church or we give it to the broken that I know need it? I know that sounds strange. I'm not calling you out, man, but I felt like it was the most beautiful conversation that you've had with the Lord. <laughs> Very few will have that conversation with the Lord. But I saw you just being like, but I know that they need this. I, and I saw you buying people equipment. Wow. because they lost the job or their tools were stolen. And I feel like the Lord says he loves the way that you fix the need, the immediate need. Because you hear his voice. And I felt like you've gone through a season where you're like, God, there's a glass ceiling and I don't hear your voice. No, 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 you hear his voice clearer than most. You hear his voice, voice clearer than most. Lord, I thank you for the nurse's heart on this one, the one that tends to the wounds of others. Wow, more Lord. More Lord, my God. And the Lord's gonna put you there as the little ones are coming into the world. 
I, I don't fully understand it, but I saw you making like soap and like, I saw you just making these things, these hobbies, these, and what you thought was just like a, like a little blip on the radar, like, oh, I'm just interested in this right now. I saw the Lord bringing finance through those things. I felt like you go from hobby to hobby to hobby. You visit Hobby Lobby a lot. And I heard the Lord say that he's going to bring finance through your hobbies. And they're not silly and you're not wasting money. <laughs> he heard it. I got you. I got you, sweetie. Don't worry. I know what to say. More, Lord. And brother, I saw the Lord giving you a range. And I felt like you're going to train people in excellence. What's your name, brother? Philippe. What is it? Philippe. Philippe? I was not expecting that. <laughs> Philippe. My dad was in the diving and jockey studies. No way. There you go. Let's do it. I guess it works. Yeah, dude, you, you got the short end of the stick on that one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. I'm just kidding, man. Philippe. I saw Philippe's rules of the range. And it was like everybody that, that steps around you, they know your boundaries. And I felt like at times you had to push friends away because of your boundaries. And you've had to cut them off because you can't go down that road anymore. But I felt like those rules, the rules of the range are so important. I saw it on a board. So Father, in the name of Jesus, do you guys know these ones? Yeah? I got like one person nodding. They're like, why don't you just close your eyes? I want to bless you. Are you guys just hanging out with each other? Why are you wearing rings? Strange. I love it. I love it. Bro, I wouldn't let my wife go around without a ring on. What are you doing, dog? Dude, why would you let this hunk of, hunk of burning love walk around on the streets? <laughs> oh, never mind. Close your eyes, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for marked ones. I thank you for sent ones. And Lord, I just ask for more. Lord, I ask for more. I saw a trip and you, go, you guys going out west. It's easy to say because we're all the way east but I felt like there was something in the mountains. And I felt like there was adventure. And I, uh, Philippe, I felt like you were gonna take people into the mountains. And I saw him getting set free. I saw these trips around you, man. 
Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would use them mightily. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you a cop? What, are you, what do you do? Are you a fireman or a cop? You're a fireman. Yeah, man. You did? Where? Why don't you close your eyes? Where is it? I could care less what you had. Close your eyes. Where is it? You have metal? Yeah. Dude, you have no idea how much how much I've seen metal disappear in people's bodies. I saw a man with two titanium rods down his neck. As we prayed for him, they both snapped. And he had to get him surgery surgically removed. Titan No it was dude. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. I saw it. I've seen it. I've seen there was a an exotic dancer that came to a service in, in Missouri. She had 12 pins and rods and screws in her ankle. She broke it while she was dancing on a pole. And I watched her do ballet in front of the church as the Lord healed her. I saw a, wom I saw a woman spit out screws that held her jaw together as we prayed for her. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Lord, I ask, I ask that all pain would leave. And Lord, I ask for total restoration. Wow. More, Lord. More, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask for full mobility total restoration in the name of Jesus. Come, come, Holy Spirit. Come, come, come. Come, Holy Spirit. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Wow. Fall on him. Holy Spirit, come, come. More, more, Lord. In the name of Jesus. More, Lord. In the name of Jesus. More, Lord. In the name of Jesus. More, Lord. Total restoration. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come, come, Holy Spirit. Come, 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 come. Father, I ask that every vertebrae would be made whole. And all pain would leave now. In Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Buddy, just last, I want to pray for you. What's your name? Jacob. And Jacob wrestled the angel. your eyes, man. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for Jacob. Actually, hey, Dylan, can you run up here really quick? Father, I, I thank you for Jacob. Aaron, can you come up here really quick too? Father, I thank you for Jacob. Jacob, I saw the Lord put his hand on your, on your knees, man. like he's going to cause you to run again. I felt like you lost in this last season, you lost the will 
to run. Brother, I felt like people turned on you. It was almost like you lost the closest ones to you. And then I saw this burden fall on you. And you're like, I have to take care of this. I have to, I have to go big. Because I got all these people that I got to take care of. Brother, if I was your father, I'd just say, I'm so proud. I'd just say, like, you've gone so far above and beyond what anyone expected. I felt like I felt like you looked down the barrel and you're like I don't want to do this anymore but then it was like all of a sudden the Lord came I, I, I felt like you just playing through your mind are all these sayings like in your heart like you just it's like it's like all these, these words of wisdom that people have given you. And I, I just felt like they just play in your head over and over again. It was like words from family. And I felt like the father was like, you hear my voice. You think it's just what you've been taught, but it's like the voice of the father. I felt like the Lord, I felt like the Lord says, you're setting your sights too low, brother. <laughs> Son, you're setting your sights too low. And I felt like what seems tangible now is going to seem so insignificant in a month from now. Because I saw you just being handpicked. And I know this sounds weird, but it's almost like the claw machine's gonna come and just pick you up out of the crowd. And I saw you being taught how to build. And as you looked around, you're like, but there's all these other people that should be chosen. But I felt like the Lord wants you to know that it wasn't done in your own strength. It was done because of a family that prays. It almost has to be, it's almost, it's almost because it has to be the random. So you know that you didn't build it in your own strength.
just felt like this. I felt like I heard Jesus say this, that you're finding your purpose. And I just felt like I saw the Lord walk up to you and it was like you made an exchange with him. You said, give me your heart. I'll give you mine and I'll establish purpose on it. I just felt like this, man. You felt like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Why am I here? And I'm just here to tell you today that if you stay on the path the Lord's put in front of you, you'll be shocked at where he takes you. God, I ask, would you release the anointing of beyond his wildest dreams? That the things you've done, the things you haven't done don't define you, but the word of the Lord is what's carrying you in this season. And all you have to do is say yes. When you don't understand, when you don't know, when you don't know what's on the other side of your obedience, you just be obedient. God, I thank you for the purposes of God over his life, the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's tried to do a lot of that in your life. But you're going to watch as the establishment of God comes on your life. Father, I thank you for... I just felt like I saw like your timeline of your life and it was like the teenage years just washed away in the blood of Jesus. Father, I thank you for brand new life. God, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, brand new life, God. That the gospel can change anyone and the gospel can change any life and the gospel can mark any life the good news of Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for purpose. Purpose found in Jesus and Jesus alone. For a moment. Father, we're so, so thankful to you this morning for everything that you have done. Lord, and even these that, are, that have stayed all the way to the end, Father, I just pray, Lord, right now that you fill them. Fill them, Lord. Fill them and fill them even more, Father. Let them leave this place refreshed, that the yoke be broken and lifted, and that they walk out just with the peace and the joy of the Lord. We're so grateful for everything that you have done. And Father, like always, we give you all of the glory, the honor, and the praise. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father, and the fellowship with the Spirit be with you as you leave this morning. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.